Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride, or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, howdy, all you tumbleweeds, and welcome back to Black Hoof Saloon, Wild West Exodus podcast. This is Eric here, and I am also with my co-host, Brian and Tom. Say hey, guys. Howdy, everybody. All right, we are back, and today we got a pretty jam-packed show. We got some new stuff that we're going to try out, a new segment, where we're going to take a look at uh, some feature characters in the game and then we're also gonna dive into uh 1.09 a little bit that just released oh that was just before gen con wasn't it brian that they dropped that on everybody like the week of gen con i think is what it was right yeah yeah it, it, you know they it, it's been in the works for a while they did a pretty lengthy um uh, war host play test and Man, down to the wire, they were there were some really good uh, last minute discussions of improvements on several things. Yeah, uh, it was really neat. Yeah, so, yeah. What made it really cool is that it was like very much a community project and not just a studio thing, which was really cool. Well, right. So this this right before they even started the you know one point nine. War Cradle created the feedback form on on their website, and so from every splash point where you can look at the cards, they literally had this little button that says, "Hey, you got any feedbacks on your favorite models or models that need some help or you know maybe isn't getting any play? Send us your feedback, you know." And so they had let that percolate for a while and. Uh, they got a lot of feedback that direction, and then they, you know, basically showed the warhost. Hey, this is where we're at from the feedback, you know, and let's let's get, bring this to your metas and and playtest this. Let's see see if there's any changes that we need to do. And um, yeah, so for weeks there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of hey, how about this? There's a lot of discussions. Yeah, uh, it was it was really kind of a neat thing. Yeah, definitely was. Um, also, I mentioned Gen Con, so we we just got done with Gen Con recently, and uh, that seemed to be a very good event for them again. Gen Con's a tough one because it's a it's a convention that covers, you know, like every type of game, whether it's tabletop, you know, board games, or it's miniatures games, or it's role playing games. So, I mean, it kind of encompasses the whole gaming hobby so it's it's kind of a tough one to center on just one type like where adepticon is all miniatures but even with that war cradle did very well i think and we'll probably talk a little bit about that more in the news but uh if you guys i'm sure if you guys were at gen con you saw how busy they were all weekend also another thing that we kind of had drop in I actually just published a uh, event for this. They released to a lot of the war host a 
narrative event, you know, they've been talking about doing some more different scenarios that were maybe more like the Badlands where they're narrative and they go from one to the next. And they're doing something that's the uh, Great Train Heist narrative campaign where by taking part in this campaign, the different stores can earn certain amount of points that at the end of, I think they were going to make it like a two-month type campaign thing and going to through October and who whatever like faction kind of got the most points or they were going to be able to influence the um the new 2019 Christmas model so whoever won could like say it's watchers got the most points well we could have a Christmas alien or something like that I mean I had local guys talking about no way man we're gonna have a uh you know <laughs> a warrior nation uh, great elk Rudolph the red nosed reindeer or something like that. So, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want that now. <laughs> I know, right? Someone said they wanted a uh, iron horse with you know, you know, twelve uh, attack dogs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a big sleigh. Oh, that would be kind of awesome. neat too. So yeah, I would be like maybe Jake. Jake Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you guys you guys have like a war host in your area, you know, and you're interested in participating in this, talk to them, find out about it, and uh, they can run some events so you can take part in it and have a say in what the the Christmas model is. Because I mean, there's so far they've done just what we got. We got two, right? Two Christmas models so far. That's it. Yep. 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 We got uh, Krampus Rex right. and Kyle. Yep. So, yeah, Enlightened and Hex already got one, so there's plenty of factions out there that could uh, get some kind of Christmas model. Um, possibilities are endless for that. And, I mean, I, I read through the, the heist, and like I said, I already kind of set up our little event and registered it. And uh, it just – the neat thing with the the, uh, the little download narrative – campaign that they they gave us is they're i think they're going to do some bonus stuff too like a a bonus scenario where i think one of them was actually you have a train on the board and you're doing the old classic raiding the train you know so it 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 sounds like a lot of fun right so the the thing is is um there's been a train heist and uh the union technology is scattered on in the wilds of you know the west and so everyone is out trying to hunt down the location of any of this tech that's gotten out there. So in your in your regular games, doesn't really matter what your scenario are. You can do clue hunts to find these these missing uh, materials. That's right. And that's what you're collecting these clues. Clues. If they if you find these clues on the board, you end up getting victory points for them. And that's how you can, you know, ensure your victory. And those points go all towards picking the faction. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> they also, there's a couple of unique scenarios for that, that you know, that uh, train heist. Packet, I guess you, know, you call it. Packet, yeah. So one of which is um, centered around searching for the, the clues. But then they have a bonus scenario, which is a, uh, you know, it's, it's a very train centric 
So it basically one of the two players opts to be the protectors or guards of a union train. And of course, because not everyone could get that big giant resin monster piece. Um, see how I did that play of words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the heavy rail, they put it on, they, they actually made tokens. Yeah, kind of like uh, what they did in the Badlands. Right. So there's sheets of tokens attached to the packet, and with it comes three of the, the rail. Yeah. So there's three different extra, extra large, uh, you know, vehicle bases with, you know, the artwork of a heavy rail and two of its cars. So the, the, the train gets put on the board, uh, the deployment zone is set up to where the union is trying to protect the train. And then whatever faction the other opponent is playing basically is trying to get on and, you know, steal some stuff. Yeah. Uh, and what the, what the neat thing is, is the player who opts to defend the train, they don't bring a posse. They control a certain number of units of union hands. Yeah. Depending on the size of the, uh, the game you're playing, they get more units. And it's a standard unit of 10 uh, union troops. And so when you get up to, I think, 1,500 or more, you're, you're, you've got four full in, in model hand units. Uh, so that's how the game works is, and you replenish those units every time. Yeah. It's like, kind of like getting reinforcements. So, right. So the reinforcements keep showing up as in, in the preventing the, the heist, but it's a neat thing. Uh, it'd really neat to get those, those scenarios dusted off and played. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think that clue hunt part, Brian is a nice callback to, uh, an original t- train heist scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so Tom's referring to a certain, uh, what, two-night narrative event that somebody ran at Adepticon a couple of years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is some similarities there. Uh, no, I did not write this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this this packet thing, what I think is cool is it's just... It's showing how War Cradle is really amping up, you know, in, including the community in these kind of events that carry, you know, have some kind of lasting effect uh, in the game in general, which is, you know, something I always, I really dug about War Cradle is their interaction with our community. It really, stuff like this really amps players up and gets you excited to, you know, get some models on the table and play games. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree, I th- and I think it is one of the things that War Cradle has been very good about is uh, their community engagement. Yeah, definitely. So, something else we can mention. Uh, so, this is the episode that we're we're going to have a giveaway. And last episode, episode fourteen, we went over a giveaway that we're doing, and we're giving away a Red Oak two-player box set, and we're giving away to. Uh, people that like, follow, or subscribe to one of our multiple medias we have, and we're going to throw names in a hat and pick one. So hopefully you guys did that, and we're going to go ahead and draw that a little bit later in the show and reveal who the winner is and give away a, a, a cool prize just for, you know, listening and following and, you know, enjoying the media that we're putting out. So you guys keep listening and stay tuned to the end of the show.
and uh, all will be revealed. You guys got anything else we want to banter about? I got nothing. Got nothing. Well, I mean, not not from an intro standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> not on the current topic. <laughs> so, Brian, you're not painting tonight. What are you working on? I am. I am building some um, uh, wave two Indians warrior nation. Warrior nation guys. Yeah, I mean, with uh, so we like we mentioned one point oh nine. Uh, hands have changed, so now we're gonna need a bunch more. I need, I might, I, I need to take stock of what kind of hands I have downstairs, but it's, it's kind of hard to, because at Gen Con, I, I picked up, I mentioned I wanted to get the new Watcher Posse, uh, which I did, and I also, and I couldn't resist it, I got the, the, the Fire Eagle that, uh, hopefully, I'm going to get it, try and get it on video and do an unboxing of it to put on the YouTube channel for everybody to check out. And um, I've actually noticed on some of the uh, Facebook groups and stuff, people are already starting to put some paint to it. And um, Yeah, someone just painted one of each. I mean, did uh, you, that, nice. did you see the, yeah, the one that's the Thunderbird? I, I don't remember the... Um, the individual's name that painted it but oh my god i mean the one thing i i I wasn't crazy about with the thunderbird is that like and i think tom you mentioned it kind of looks like a buzzard you know and that's just happens to be the paint style that's the way that it got painted and it looks like a buzzard well this guy on facebook blew me away with his like black you know Oh yeah, no. So what, what the issue I saw was when all you were looking at is the 3D render, you know, it that just looked odd. Yeah. Right. The two yeah. heads, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. But dude, as soon as I saw one painted, even the studio one, where yeah, they did a a fairly straightforward buzzard. Yeah. Uh, vulture. Because they they wanted to look different from the eagle, which makes sense. Right. So you got one that's fiery and reddish and then you got one that's blue a lot of blues because of the the lightning breath from the thunderbird um i love it i i like the contrast uh i'm curious of like so when you open the box so i can't wait till you do an unboxing uh, <laughs> i you know, know it's killing me right now your shoulder, <laughs> you know, and go hey what's in the box um but you know so you, you get the box and you you basically have different heads and different breath weapon pillars so yeah. you're either going to do the flamey fire breath or the lightning fire breath and i think they did a really good job i, I mean the two i the two you see from the studio they're in completely different poses yeah and it's, it's just a matter of matter of flipping the wings i think the wings yeah. are just flippable is all it is but to do that and the way it looks it, it almost looks like it, it's not random it, it doesn't look like it was flipped. It looks like it was two separate models. I'm thinking, wow, they put two fire eagers. They put two <laughs> of them in a box. That's why I'm, I'm thinking there are two of them in there. And it, it, I, I thought mean, I the same think, thing. I don't think there is. I no. think it's one in there. Right? I think it's just the one that you, it's... you have extra head and fire breath. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, amazing. I, I think that when they're painted up too, they look much better. When we saw the 3D renders, one of my first comments was it looked like the. Uh, the Thunderbird was like choking on the, the 
the lightning bolt, you know, the, the way it was positioned. And uh, Stuart was like, no, 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 just wait until you actually see it. It looks really good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it really does. Yeah, after, yeah, after seeing I'm, those in person I, at Gen Con, I'm like, man, how am I going to pack these things? Because, yeah, they they are pretty impressive. They're going to be an impressive piece on the board, that's for sure. Didn't someone say they stand at like six and a half inches high or yeah. something? Yeah. So it's like it be fun to transport. I, I and they did bring up the point that they they wished that they magnetized the wings so they could take them on and off for transportation, which is a great idea. I'll have to play with that once I find some time to actually get back to building and painting. <laughs> I've been someone had asked how do I transport it, and uh, I threw up the suggestion. There, there's there's a lot of videos and how-tos to create your own carry system and one of the easiest ones are the best ones when you have large creatures that really don't lend themselves to be in foam because it just gobbles up too much space yeah, and too much foam space. Bag, is the plastic bins and you mount you basically a uh, hot glue a metal plate on the bottom of this bin and you just magnetize the bottom of put magnets on the bottom of the bases yeah. and it you, you get plenty of room and it's stationary enough that it doesn't slide around and the wings don't flip onto thing it doesn't hit anything yeah that that's probably the best way if you're going to go full into the warrior nation you may want to invest in a little do it yourself yeah i mean that's the cheapest way to do it there's plenty of companies that sell like the uh like the little cases that have the slide out trays that are metal and but you're looking at a you know over what 150 bucks or something for something like that depending on the size you get uh your method is the cheap way Another thing you think about doing, because uh, I did this originally for my judgment before I had foam, I had an old camera case, a uh, padded camera case, and you can get those in different sizes, and you can find some of them fairly cheaply, uh, and you can probably get a size that it just slides right down into it. Yeah. So another another little hack. Yeah, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, do-it-yourself type things that you can do out there. I mean, it's simply... If if you want to do like a, a a search on you know Google or whatever, sometimes you can find some interesting ways that people have come up with transporting. Like Brian said, those bigger models and stuff. And I like your idea, Brian. I might have to look in at it because those tubs, you know, those little tubs that you can get at well, they're all kinds of different sizes. Yeah, yeah, and you can get them for fairly cheap. And and then like the metal plates, you can get that stuff at Home Depot, Menards, you know, any home store for really cheap and it's easy enough to cut to the size you need with some uh some metal clippers that you can get at the same store you get that and yeah just hot glue it in there and uh just just remember hot glue is hot so be careful (laughs) isn't that the tip that matt gave us (laughs) that's going way back (laughs) our episodes oh man Uh, so another little segment that we're going to have going on, it's not really a segment, it's just something that's going to be running in the background in an attempt to get me actually doing things again. (laughs) Um, Brian, Brian has, has given me inducements. So what's going to be going on now is every time we record. Some of our listeners probably need to know what that word means. 
<laughs> Including me and you. All right. Brian. <laughs> I don't think I ever said that word. I'm not agreeing to that. (laughs) Brian's bribing me. So so, uh, every time we record an episode, I have to set up a a camera to show that I'm actually doing it. I have to do something hobby-related, either assembling models, painting models, uh, you know, terrain, basing, something, something game related. And while doing so, I've, I've shipped off some of my models to Brian. They should be getting there any day now. Pony Express, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's the problem, you know, between the ponies and the carrier pigeons, it can take a while. <laughs> but, uh, while I work on things, he will be actually working on, uh, doing some painting for me, of my infernal investigation posse. You know, and basically the the rules are he will only work on them as long as I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, be starting out with I just picked up was it the No Surrender posse to uh, finish filling out the union that I already uh, stuff that I already have, and we'll be putting together a union list. I'm going to float one out there to Brian and Eric, and they're going to between the three of us, we're going to refine it into a real list. And then we'll put the units out to vote for uh, what order they should get painted in and done in. And we'll video the whole thing up and throw it up on YouTube. And yep. uh, it's just something that's going to be floating along behind the scenes while we're recording. So this is right. Tom's so, hobby so challenge. The goal, is, <laughs> the goal is we'll have this video. And then what, what will happen is if something while we're doing the podcast comes up as a way of uh, coaching Tom, we... you won't notice that in the podcast because we won't use that audio for the podcast, but we will use like, we'll pause and then like segue for our own use into uh, tips and stuff, you know, for Tom, just general banter, just general banter between the three of us. You know, while he's painting his union, if there's something comes up and he's, we're talking about maybe doing objects source lighting, then I will, you know, I'll be recording what I'm doing, but then I can I can coach him through how to do it or suggestions and tips, and then we'll share them in in YouTube video yeah. of those little nuggets of us discussing what Tom is doing and maybe tips on how how to and do what he's doing. Uh, do it better. So <laughs> do it better. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> not what i said <laughs> uh no but but really the idea of that is we can have a side-by-side almost live video coaching uh you know pull out uh video kind of like a painting uh, session as, as yeah as, as i run into problems because you know i i do i'm not terrible i mean let me, let me just float this out there right now i'm not terrible i have been doing this a while um <laughs> but but i but i still you know i'm at a basic base coat uh, you know, put a wash over it, dry brush and highlight, and, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and so, so so much of it sometimes for anybody too is it's a time factor. Do I have time to put into this hobby? Some people only get maybe where they can sit down a half hour and do a little bit of painting. Some people either have more time or maybe they work faster. You know, there's a, a number of factors. Or like me, I take my time and. I like picking up skills from various, you know, guys better than me, like watching Daz's dailies that, you know, what angel, uh, yeah. Angel, uh, yep. Geraldo. 
where I look at some of his things. I tried They're watching his funny. videos, but I don't understand them because he's speaking in his native language, unfortunately. <laughs> for me. It, it's hard. You, you want to see what he's doing, but then you have to also read what he's doing. Yeah. So you have to go back and forth between knowing what he's saying and what he's and seeing what he's actually doing. But his videos are really good. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a uh, Ben. I can't remember his last name. I, I've watched a lot of his things. He does. He, he's really remarkable on doing uh, using washes and shades. Just he does some major things with them. But uh, so I pick up here and there how to do stuff. And so as we hit those type of things that people would maybe want to see, who knows? That's when we'll we'll save that video so we can put it up on YouTube. So yeah. uh, you all can, maybe find you something know. helpful in it. Yep. Or and, maybe, and you'll. See- yeah, and, well, and, and you'll see a little, you know, two different kind of points of view. You know, Brian's a more advanced painter. I'm more of a basic painter. So you can kind of see, you know, what kind of results you get from, <laughs> you know, you'll see a side by side of some of those results, I guess. So, so I'm, I'm to make a comparison. Uh, the Brian's the, um, the the Windsor Newton, and you're the the Roll-On brush. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much you know uh, come on I'm, I'm, the, I'm the brush that comes in the, the pack of hobby paints yeah so. <laughs> the sponge brush <laughs> <laughs> anyway i hopefully uh like we mentioned you guys you guys will find this somewhat interesting and find some use of it uh it it's something that tom came up that he thought hey let's let he had an idea and you know, let's try it. We let's see where it goes. So, yep. So well, ulti- it a, ultimately, it's to get my button gear. Yeah. <laughs> Incentivize or giving him an incentive to get some of his stuff done, and, and I'll get to paint a uh, another, another Jed. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like what your third, fourth Jed that you get to do. <laughs> It'll be my third. It'll be my fourth Jed because I've I, I painted the original Jed. He's already uh, on the field getting used. But then I'm I'm still work in progress on a uh, a converted Jed. So he's he's my melee Jed. He's got two two batons in his hands instead of a pistol. And then of course a legendary Jed Rick. Well, and, and you, you you still got to work on the uh, the 2020 with the. Yoda Jed in his backpack too, right? Oh, absolutely. That's got to happen. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's I don't think it's needed anymore. I, I, I still think it has to happen. Oh yeah. You know it's what? Grumpy, Grumpy Bear wasn't needed either. I still did it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, but the context is all wrong. <laughs> All right, we we kind of babbled enough for our intro today. Why don't we go ahead and move out of this and go into some of our first segments for today's show? Do 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 do. Let's do it. <laughs> Skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Listen, Mr. I'm, I'm getting awful tired of your... <laughs> I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. 
just said throw down, boy. All right, let's go. Uh, all right, here's a new segment for everybody at the Black Hoop Saloon that we're going to start now, and hopefully you guys will like it. Uh, it's going to ha- uh, require some feedback afterwards. I think uh, Tom said we're going to put up some polls, so let's get started. So the new segment is going to be called the uh, no. Smoke Wagon Showdown, and what we're going to do is we're going to bring it. Is that it? Yeah, you're, you're right, Smoke Wagon Showdown. And so this this segment will be basically a boss to boss comparison. And once we get through with all the bosses, you know, there's quite a few out there in Wild West Exodus right now. So we're going to compare two bosses. Uh, we're going to try to go with theme pair ups, and it wouldn't be right for the first segment of our Smoke Wagon Showdown not to include Wyatt Earp and Jesse James. Yes. Yeah. I mean, these guys were kind of like a big introduction to everybody into the game with that two-player starter set is those two guys. And, I mean, they're legendary characters, you know? Right. Well, no, these are their regular ones. Well, they're regular. (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, maybe that'll be uh, the next time we see these two models in in the showdown, it'll be their legendary version. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, like Brian was saying, what we want to do is kind of just pit these two characters, these these big, larger-than-life characters in Wild West Exodus in a, a showdown. And kind of what we're going to do is look at each character, kind of go over, you know, their abilities, whether it's offensive or defensive. What else did we want to look at, Brian, with these guys, uh, besides just their abilities and their their special rules? Yeah, so we're going to compare their cards. We're going to prepare compare their their themes and and we'll just like as a group just chat about different ways to play them what to to do if like you you're starting their posse off and you hit a roadblock what are some things to add yeah what do you I know, bring? Make boss work better uh maybe some good team ups that you may not have thought of you know a way of basically giving you guys like a how-to brief guide on the two bosses that we discussed right and you know, over the next few episodes, you'll start get the hang of how how where we're gonna go. Hey, you may even help guide us to polishing up this segment. But it's basically a way of look forward to seeing how how we discuss the maybe your your favorite boss, or uh, maybe we can give you an insight on a boss that you're playing you never even considered yet. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, which one do we want to start with? You want to start with? Um... Wyatt, since we heard him intro our new segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that seems like a logical start. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with his BA. <laughs> so, we got Wyatt Earp, who, when I think of the Lawman faction, he's kind of the first guy that I think of as a go-to for a boss when picking a boss. And so, let's see, let's look at his, so his stats... You know, he's he's a character that comes with three fortunes, so he has plenty of fortune to work with. His his stats, he's he's at a five for speed and his mind is six, so it's reasonably well, and then he's got an aim of six. Uh let's see what else he's got. He's got a grid of six. His fight is high the highest stat he has, so it's a fight of seven. Which I always thought was kind of weird with uh you know, you think about their weapons and stuff. I mean, his go-to weapon is his magnum, uh, his peacemaker. You know, that's kind of 
a big thing with like the character and just historically was his big ass cannon that he had, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it, if you look into history about Wyatt Earp, the funny thing is he wasn't he wasn't like a shoot shoot all the time. He was he all was about more known for clubbing somebody with yeah. his pistol than actually shooting them because he was he was all about keeping the peace and he didn't have to shoot a lot of guys. You know, I know he's known for the okay corral, but most of the time he solved whatever uh, blowback was happening in town by clubbing them with a pistol. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he would take that long peacemaker and just bump them on the head, and they—that was all he really. Well, you know, what? if you if if you look at it at that way, hit a fight of seven actually does make sense. Then, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, I, I always thought it was a, a, apropos. You know. It, it's like he's got an aspatine, he's got the shield, you know, having give, having him be really good at his option, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. have a lot of people rushing him in for hand-to-hand. No. But it is, like I said, it's one of those things you might not have considered. I mean, fight seven is really good. So if someone does come up, you get, know, get too close, yeah, he's get got all in his really face. good options to stand him up. And then to finish him off, he's got a limit of three, so he can do three actions per activation, so... Go ahead, Tom. What were you going to say? No, no. I was just going to say that I thought I had read or heard somewhere that prior to the OK Corral, he had actually only killed one person ever before that. So don't know if that's true or false, but uh, I seem to recall hearing or reading that somewhere. So, yeah. it, right. so it kind of sounds like... people. <laughs> so just looking at the stats in a way and like what you were saying brian and we were talking about how we wanted to kind of separate these guys from offense defense he's almost like he's a, a defensive guy who it seems like you would use to basically capture objective points maybe and then if somebody did get in his face well he's got the power to kind of put them down Right, and also consider close work with those with the Magnum Peacemaker. You use the fight stat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So he's on a much better position with the negatives from from close work to to still get off a pretty good shot. Yeah, and just that weapon itself. So you know, you you mentioned revolver fan, close work. Uh, it also has shred, so it'll go through any kind of cover somebody's getting from, say, a fence, a barrel, you know, some small terrain. And then with the new rules, he's got the fatal on the crit. And uh, as a reminder, everybody, fatal is basically it goes through metal, right, Brian? Right. So in card update 1.09, Pierce 4 weapons don't ignore the defensive skills that, yeah. that were in 1.08. So typically metal and tough, you couldn't use those because of the Pierce 4 or higher weapon. Well, now they Got rid of that. So you'll have some Pierce 4 weapons that don't have Fatal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're just a regular Pierce 4, but those weapons that they still wanted that that, that, that punch. huge risk of getting shot by, yeah. such as wider Magnum Peacemakers, they picked up the crit of Fatal, thus giving them back the Ignore Metal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... The weapon still now is very deadly to somebody who only has metal for defense, you know, on those crates. 
All right, then what else does he have? So he's got a, quite a few options for weapons. Like you mentioned, he's got the Aspaton for uh, stunning somebody or parry, and that's a melee weapon. And then you also mentioned his shield, which also has parry. He The last weapon he has that's a, a, a ranged weapon is he's got his shotgun that actually is a torrent template. So if if you're still far enough away that you can do a shoot action, and you know say it's like a a a unit of hands you use that shotgun you can catch a couple guys in that blast which is nice so he's got a ton of options on him right so yeah i I think you know that the shotgun is probably underutilized by a lot of guys because his pistol is so good but you you can't ignore the fact that depending on what comes at him or what you send him to take care of the shotgun does have quite a bit of versatility yeah uh, you I know mean, it'd be nice if it had a little more flashier you know specials and maybe a crit bonus yeah but yeah. Uh, but i just it, think the utility of it being a torrent uh, yeah does gain about a few things yeah the just being a torrent i think is something to think about because torrent will go through uh, a lot of defensive type things that a, another unit might have so that's like like we said, it's he does have a lot of options based on you know you got to look at what's coming at him. So, do we want to go over like maybe any of his special rules? He, I mean, he's got. Of course. He's got. So why don't we start with the first things that would affect using him in game? Okay. Right. He's a boss. He has the trait: boss, lawman, human, male, martial, and tombstone. Okay. So those traits can trigger different special abilities, you know, in the game. So you always want to take care and make sure you check those before a game starts, especially if you're going up against, you know, a hex group, maybe the watchers because of some of their special abilities, those will come into play. Yeah. Uh, you know, also, especially with mail, when you have for the boys is a special ability, obviously keeping that in mind, if you have one of the, uh, you know, the faces that has for the boys, Hey, you know, you can give that 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 model their bonus if you make sure that your male, you know, character is nearby. You know. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. You jump over to the the common rules. You know, obviously he's a, he's a named character. He can only have one in the force. He's got the common rules of metal, quick in the dead, largesse, target priority, durable, and teamwork. If you don't know what any of those mean, you know, we did a a full episode on common rules where we went through every one of them. So they're all in that video. Just go on check out that episode. Nice plug. <laughs> I, I, I replugged ourselves. Yeah. And a, a lot of these abilities will show up on a lot of, you know, these are like very, like they're common abilities. So you'll see them on a lot, all the bosses. Some of the faces will have these and actually, in within the faction, you'll see a lot of these repeat too. So, like, uh, what was the one teamwork? So you'll see teamwork actually show up here and there in the lawmen. So right, and of course, most bosses have largesse. There's a couple that don't, and it kind of plays in with their theme. You know, metal is a very common defensive ability. Most people who played any game or even read the rule books and knows that's that gives you, uh, you know, when you take a wound, you can use metal. To, to go disordered instead of being wounded and leaving the game. Yeah. So it allows you to stay in a little longer. Quick in the Dead allows you to, you know, roll a quick quick check. If you succeed, you ignore the combat action that comes at you. 
there's a little funny business when uh, someone's shooting you with like a mass fire. So quick and the dead is a little bit different because depending on how well you rolled your quick check, that's how many of the ROA from the mass fire is going to be deleted. Yeah. So uh, roll high. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Wyatt, he has quite a few special rules, although he does pick up some more when he goes into his legendary form. So the first one on the list is 10 man. This is going to be on quite a few of the, uh, you know, the lawman models. And this basically the unit gains plus one grit with, while he is within six inches of a friendly marshal or sheriff unit does not include themselves. This unit may also use mind attribute of any friendly marshal within line of sight of this unit for yeller checks. Now this really isn't going to help why he's, I don't think he ever needs to roll a yeller check, but it, it, when you think of their their hand units, will yeah. pick up this uh, ability, and then they obviously all they have to do is be in line of sight of a, a marshal or a sheriff nearby, and uh, actually marshal nearby line of sight. The marshal will get, give them their mind check so much above a big boost for a hands unit. Yeah. So you see how this 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 ability specifically triggers traits, right? So remember we talked about what Wyatt's traits were, and one of them was that he was a marshal. So when you're building your posse, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to those traits, right? Yeah. So most of your models are going to have 10 man. Well, you may want to make sure you have a couple of options for marshal and sheriffs in your posse yeah, because that helps them trigger their grit bonuses. Yeah. So that's something to think about as you're building. You're going to want to make sure you're, you're loading up on sheriff and marshals. The next ability is, again, another lawman heavy ability. It's called Dead or Alive, and that is when engaged with a stun or disordered enemy model, this unit gains the lethal weapon quality on all melee weapons. And you know, everyone, lethal is a weapon ability that basically makes them re-roll successful grit checks. So it's very, very useful. So if you think back on the weapons he's carrying, he carries an iron ass baton, which has parry and stun as weapon qualities. So when Wyatt is battling against some melee guys, uh, he can hit them with the baton, and the first strike they succeed in in passing their grit check throws stun on that model. And now the next time he hits that model, that that attack is going to be lethal, mm-hmm. right? So, and of course, then you, when you consider when you're building your posse most of your lawmen also are going to be carrying dead or alive. Yeah. And they all pretty much are also carrying ass batons. So be thinking of how can I put stun on the models out in the field? And then I can follow up with the melee, you know, uh, lethal attack. So consider those type of things as you're, you're playing the board because those things come up. So uh, if you think of some other team ups that Wyatt would have like his theme posse, you know, the Tombstone Posse, bringing Morgan Hurt, who has a stun rifle, obviously putting on putting the stun out there ahead of engagement of a melee sets up your melee, you know, bases or melee boss to get up there and actually throw more risk with lethal hits because you've already put stun on these guys. Yeah, I'm just looking real quick through like the um the the two player box set, the you know, the different units that are in there or like the hands units 
and just about every single one of them has at least one weapon that has stun on it. So here's a rules question for you. Uh, if you're using his Peacemaker, using close work, does that count as a melee weapon? Does that get the lethal quality? I do believe it does, actually. Cause, I think it would, Because yeah. you're using uh, them. I mean, the fastest way is to check the wording of close work, and if it says that it is considered a melee weapon, then um, yes, it would. Here, I got, I got stat cards. Uh, close work. That's a weapon... Blast beacon, close work. Ranged weapon may be used. Let's see, may be used as as a melee weapon in a strike action using the model's fight attribute rather than using aim. If used as a melee weapon, then for the remainder of the turn, the weapon has a melee range of two, and when used in a strike action, it suffers a minus three penalty to the fight check. Sounds like a melee weapon to me. Yeah. Yep, it becomes a melee weapon. So that uh, goes back to the point you brought up earlier that with his high fight score and using close work, that becomes even more nasty. Yep. Shoot shoot you in your face. (laughs) Reroll that grit check, please. (laughs) All right, so then he also has the next one on his card is form up on me. So form up is, I'm going to move my mic a little bit because I cannot read these cards, my old old eyes. Uh, so form up on me. After both sides have deployed, uh, this unit and a hands unit within three inches of him gain the trail finder special rule. So that's kind of nice that after everybody's set up, you know, he can kind of adjust where he starts you know, you kind of get that little sneak peek. And then, of course, he brings his, you know, his backup with him. Right. So, correct me if I'm wrong. His Tombstone Posse does not have hand... I mean, does he have hands options in that Posse? Uh see. The Lawman Posse. I, I don't remember hands being in there, though. I didn't print out the theme cards. It, it's hard to say because I've disregarded that posse largely because it hasn't been released yet. And so there's parts of it that are actually hard to construct because of that. Right. I mean, the, the generic lawman posse, there's a lot of hand units in the slots. Right. But my whole goal of bringing it up is, is in the event that you're building your posse one way or the other. It's something to consider. So let me look it up. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to play this again. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Get it! Listen, mister, I'm getting awful tired of your... I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. I jerk love... that pistol. Go to work. I said throw down, boy. I love how he's just... He's just... <laughs> Flapping up. <laughs> okay. What'd you get, Brian? All right, so yeah, so slot four is where you get the first mention of hands unit, and it's a lawman face and or lawman hands unit. Okay, and that's the tombstone so, uh, list you were, you mentioned? Yeah, it's tombstone theme posse. So the first slot is lawman unit with the tombstone straight. Then number two is a lawman unit with the tombstone straight. And then the third one is lawman unit with the tombstone straight. And then... Slot four is a lawman face and slash or 
lawman hands unit. Okay. So you can actually pick up a face and a hands unit, uh, or one, of either one. Then slot five is a unit with the tombstone trait, in parentheses, even a boss, or lawman hands unit. Okay. And then the sixth one is a lawman face unit and or a lawman support unit. Okay. So you technically, in his theme, could have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight units. It's quite a bit. Slot four and six allow you to double up if you want. Yeah. But it does allow you to bring in at least two hands units so you can team them up with Wyatt. Okay. Uh, another option, obviously, if you're thinking of playing up on his ability to move a uh, hands unit up with Trailfinder, is to it doesn't say in his posse. So you could do a, the double boss list and it could right. be bring somebody else hands in a duff. Heavy. Okay. Right. And then, then you don't have to go that deep into his theme posse just to be able to bring the hand. Right? Yeah, yeah. Have someone else bring in a generic hands or a generic lawman posse and bring up hands that way. Yeah, uh, which almost I think every thinking the type of hands. So one option is to team him up with Bass Reeves, and Bass Reeves could be bringing some of the warrior nation braves and <laughs> and why it's actually trail finder those guys oh my god <laughs> right so yeah thinking about those type of things as you're doing your posse build so, yeah yeah uh, think think a little bit of outside the box outside of the the typical <laughs> lawman faction you're a bad man <laughs> <laughs> allow you definitely to you know bridge these gaps and bring two factions together that wouldn't normally you know operate together like on facebook today i was talking to uh someone had asked a question about hey what should i bring with my secret service posse i just got and uh of course my suggestion was drum roll come on <laughs> you can roll investigation posse. yeah uh, <laughs> his reply was they can join my union. <laughs> I was like, and so I, you know, these new players. So I was like, yeah, make sure you check the theme posse cards because it kind of gives you options when you're playing your themes to actually team them up with different allies that you wouldn't normally get to team up with. And the, the, it was just kind of funny. He's like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last thing Wyatt has is a defensive special ability called Bunker. And the way this works is, so if after Wyatt activates, provided that he does not make a move action, he ends up getting a plus one grit for the remainder of that turn. So it's kind of like he's, you look at his model, he's kneeling down, he's got that riot shield. You know, he's taking a defensive move. I don't know how many times I faced him, and that thing is just, you know, he gets out there and he just kind of digs in and... I mean, his grit is six. It goes up to seven. That's pretty good for a grit. You know, he can just kind of sit there and. But as long as you have a friendly marshal or sheriff nearby, <laughs> six inches, that's a pretty good gap. Yeah. He's eight. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, he can grit up to eight in the middle of the board as long as there's somebody close by that triggers 10 man, you Would... know. Which is actually a strategy I like to do with my bosses. You know, you, you look at abilities like that and you just kind of have, 
you know, give give them some backup to hang around. Like a, a big thing I like doing is uh, take one for the team. You know, when you got a bunch of really cheap hands guys around your boss, somebody shoots at your boss, you can he can just nominate one of his, you know, his underlings to say, hey, dude, you got to take the shot for me, man. <laughs> right. And it, you also need to consider there's bosses sometimes have abilities that trigger with depending on who's nearby. Yeah. Right. Like Wyatt obviously has 10 man. He's got, you know, form up on me. Uh, he's got teamwork. I mean, all of those are things you have to consider when when you're building that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of one of Wyatt's other defensive abilities is durable. It's in his common rules, right? Yeah, that's so right. Remember, you're ignoring one one point of Pierce. So technically, his grit sat it. Yeah, and you know, you look at what the piercing of uh, the majority of characters are out there are like two or three. So if they're losing a piercing right off the bat because of durable, it's going to be tough to get him off the board. Think about it. Do the math. It's grit nine. Yeah, he's basically grit nining up, and <laughs> that is hard. Yeah. When he bunkers, right? So you definitely, if you're fighting against Wyatt, is you want him moving. Yeah. Yeah, make him and come to you. You you get him to move just outside of six inches from the nearest marshal or sheriff. You know, because then you've taken away his extra special defensive abilities. He's still going to have the one point of durable, but grit six with durable is just a little easier to crack. Yeah. But man... When he's he's bunkered near another marshal or sheriff, and the tombstone and the tombstone posse is going to give him those marshals and yeah. sheriffs. Yeah, you know? that's so you're going to be like you're very guys. You're going to have to take out his whole posse before he's not going to get this ten man bonus. <laughs> yeah, very frustrating, but also fun in the same sense if you're playing them. <laughs> yep, nope, you're going to have to do it. All right, well, that was that was Wyatt, so why don't we go on the other side of the street in our showdown and look at Jesse, and Jesse James is the, I, I always consider him like the main boss of the Outlaws since day one that I got into the game. He was like the boss for the Outlaws. You always saw him featured. I mean, granted, there's other historical bosses in the faction, yeah, but he was the poster boy for yes. Wild West Exodus. He you know, was. It was. It was him and Grant were the two poster boys, and um, you know, the, I, I think of him as, as the main character of Wild West Exodus. Well, and it's funny too because in a lot of the 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 fluff, yeah, he's not very a very nice guy, but he's not also the bad guy. So he's you know he's got his agenda. So I think that's kind of like what attracted me what, to what him as a read? character. Um, <laughs> but so let's go ahead and dive into Jesse a little bit. So as I said, Jesse's one of the bosses from the Outlaw. So we'll go over his stats real quick. He's got a fortune of three, very similar to what Wyatt had. He's got a quickness of six. His mind is six. His aim is actually seven. So he's a little bit more of a, a, a shooter. Grit six, fight six, and then he also has a limit of three. So you look at both these characters, their stats are very even keel. I mean, it's it's a little bit of what was behind in putting these two guys in that two-player starter is to, you know, have a real fair balance of 
factions in there for people starting and he's still nah, he's, it was just it was just Wyatt and Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> it was just those two. Right. So I mean some of the things to consider Wyatt Earp is 180 points. Yeah. Right. And Jesse James is 155. So he's cheaper. So Jesse's a little bit cheaper. That you know that by no means is that because Jesse's not a good boss. No. But a lot of that also has to do with uh, balancing the faction. Yeah. Right? So uh, some of the things that Wyatt brings to the table, his his Pierce four is is fatal. Uh, Jesse, as when we get into his his, his Hyper V pistols, they're Pierce four without fatal. Right. Yeah. So you can see that comparison right there. You see that he doesn't have quite the lethality with his gun as picking up that ignore metal. So yeah. Some of the things to consider. So why don't we do the weapons now? Okay. He's got two on the card. The first one is a melee option. It's bionic arms, right? This iconic figure, right? Since yeah. the first Kickstarter. It's going to punch you in the face. Arms, and uh, you mentioned the fluff. In the fluff, he went up. He ran into one of the earliest, you know, spirit-infused spirit walkers, and a bear ripped his arms off. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't Grumpy Bear, was it? Uh, you know, in the in Tom they, he, talking to his book, I'm not really sure he's going to do an <laughs> intro after losing his arms. Right? It's like <laughs> ran into this bear, ripped his arms off. I'm not sure afterwards they had tea and said, "Hey, so what's your name?" You know, I, I always it, got the impression that it was a different bear, though, than Grumpy Bear. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. It didn't sound like it was this big epic thing because it was early in you know Jesse honoriness as an outlaw but it was it was definitely (laughs) foretold it was going to be grumpy bear but uh so bionic arms changed a bit in the new 1.09 and picked up a crit of brutal so right off the bat his two arms got a little bit better now because he he gets credit for having two so he got the little s on the end and that picks up his roa to two their pierce one with the crit of brutal, the possibility both times you're going to have three, three hits for someone to survive, yeah. and that's much better. That's basically uh, pretty decent as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you focus this fight, you, you're focusing it up to an eight. That's that's nothing to you know shy right. away from. And, and uh, I'm really glad that they acknowledge that he has two arms. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> well, some so, sometimes there's some stra- there's some strange things that go on sometimes. Right, some of the models that you can clearly see they have two metal arms only get credit for being able to use one offensively. So that's like why he's, ways, well, I, I look know, at it like he's kind of it's it's he's dropping the haymaker, right? You know, or like with with Jesse, he's got the brutal. So I mean, if he's landing that brutal, he's not only hitting you hard, he's lifting you up off the ground. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you hit you so hard, you felt it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so his his iconic pistols we're gonna go there are the hyper V pistols. Again, he's got one in each hand, so he picks up the ROA of two. These pistols have revolver fan, which we know doubles the ROA with a, a minor penalty to the Amaral. They have close work. Which again, if you're engaged with someone, you can use your fight, which is a six. It's still a pretty good fight. Yeah. And you can use the, the pistols as a melee weapon. 
his guns also gain shred, just like the Magna Peacemakers do. So he's ignoring the first obscure bonus that your target's going to get. On a crit, his guns are lethal. So it makes them re-roll that, that uh, grit save. So yeah. range of 10, a little less range than the Magna Peacemakers, but he's coming in at a Pierce 4, which even without the ignoring a bunch of the defensive abilities, really a really good effective weapon yeah especially yeah. when you you include all the other things that we're about to jump into when we get the special abilities okay well let's go over his common rules real quick very similar Before, to very similar to to wyatt's right. we're gonna do traits first his traits oh yeah let's do like, traits first i'm jumping the gun uh, he's obviously a boss he's outlaw male human he picks up his mercenary tag he's got confederate he's got Quantrail raiders and Dun, dun, dun. He's tainted. Yeah, that's new. Right. So what tainted does, it actually triggers a new sub rule that's in the book. And when he dies, there's a taint roll that you have to roll to see what happens to him. Is he so far gone and being tainted by the, you know, the evil influence in his, his, his life that he, is he reborn as a hex beast under your control? or a hex beast under the control of your opponent, or did you just get back up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, most of us want him just to get back up as, as Jesse. Yeah. And, keep going. And uh, get up and be like, I'm Jesse James! If you have any of your favorite models and they happen to be tainted, uh, definitely pick up a box of the hex beast models. They're really wicked, especially if you, uh, you know, are an avid painter, because I... I I love when people post pictures of their tainteds because they're always a little bit different than yeah. the last guy. Yeah. And they're, they're all really good. You know, <laughs> like some guy did a lot of green. I was like, that's cool. You know, some I did a lot of fleshy color and, you know, drippy ooze. And it's like every time it's like, that's wicked cool. Uh, so, all right. So you were going to go into the common rules. Let's hit them. All right. So common rules. Like I said, is very similar to why it most, most of the boss's faces have, you'll see these repeated. Uh, so once again, he's unique. He's a name model, so you can only have one in your posse. This unit also has metal. He has quick in the dead, largesse, and he has target priority also. Right. So the big differences are the durable and teamwork that Wyatt has. Yeah. Jesse does. Yeah. Right. And I mean that kind of goes like why it has it. It kind of goes a little more with the the lawman theme and their posse themes and stuff like that. So what really separates the two models are these special rules, right? You got quick draw is the first one, and this is the the special ability where once per activation, this unit successfully hits with a shoot action. It may make a second shoot action at the same or a different target for one action point rather than usual two. So. You know, as you know, anytime you do the same action the second time, it's typically at a two-point, two you know, action point cost. This gives him that second ability to just do it with one action point. Definitely yeah. helps. With, makes uh, him you know, makes him more efficient, you know, and in, in managing your 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 action point pool. Right. It really just basically says this guy is a really good shootist, and it gives him the ability to really just get more shots off in a, in an activation than most other shooting models. Yeah. Uh, such as Wyatt. You know, Wyatt is a good shooter. He's got one of the best guns in the game, but he's not he's not shooting as many rounds. You know, it's going to cost him more action points to do those actions. Yep. So, Wyatt's uh, not a gunfighter, and Jesse James is. Yeah, 
Yeah. Exactly. So the next part of quick draw is the second shoot action may not be made with weapons with the heavier complex qualities. Doesn't really come to play with Jesse James because he doesn't have any one of those. So, you know, I think that's it. Anything else to add with quick draw? I mean, I- no, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward special rule. I mean, you'll see that kind of pop up in some of the other mercenary models that are in the outlaws because there's a lot of gunfighters. So it's kind of it's kind of their thing. And we'll get to this couple, uh, another another gunfightery ability in the next one. One thing to, to remember, after he's shot twice, right, and those both shots were, you know, as long as he succeeds with, with one of the shots in the first one, he can do the second one for one action point. The third time he shoots, which he has a limit of three, so he can, he can shoot that third time. That yeah. third time is at the normal two action points. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, in a way, it's a way. It's a way that you can make him shoot three times and not have it cost, you know, so much. It, will, it won't cost you five points. It's only going to cost you four. Yeah, yeah. So the next ability, is split shot. So split shot in one point oh eight was part of the gunslinger rule. Yeah. Right. So they kind of one of the things that they tweaked about was they pulled off this. It's called split shot. It, it was part of being able to target different models. So this unit may target different units with each die from their weapons rate of attack in a shoot action rather than having to resolve them against a single target unit. This unit does not need to spend an action point to use the revolver fan quality. Okay. So, so know, that that's kind of, yeah. What is Jesse James good at? Shooting his pistols. Well, he's actually really good at doing revolver fan. So revolver fan... You can only do it one in, once in activation. So one of the times that Jesse can shoot, literally, you should always, at least once, get off a revolver fan. Yeah. You know, you could do it as your first attack. It's only going to cost you one action point, and you're going to be able to shoot down the ROA of four. Go ahead and use another, uh, you know, use a fortune, focus that thing. <laughs> yeah. Make his aim nine. I think he's going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be nice because you got the penalty from using. Uh, oh yes, you know, revolver. yeah, revolver fan but penalty. You're gonna, it's gonna get rid of most of that penalty. You're gonna, you know, get that shot. It's gonna be a good shot, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then follow up with just some regular ROA two shots. And I mean, it's just you should do it, right? If you forget that he has split shot and can ignore that action point to use revolver fan, shame on you. You should be doing it. Every activate, right? <laughs> if you got to move first, first time you shoot, revolver fan, focus that shot, get those four four rounds down the field, right? Yeah, it really is what se- separates him from a lot of other gunslingers, right? He's got both quick draw and split shot. It's a very deadly combination. There's a few others who have it that way, but some only get one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him being the so, boss, it makes sense. He's more skilled. So his next ability, one of my favorite. Yeah, I uh, love doing this. Use it. And this is also an ability that is in good combo with some other special abilities that Jesse doesn't have, but some of his mercenaries may have. Yeah. So and we'll talk about that. So Gambler is when he activates, this unit may discard the action card that you drew before you picked him and draw a new card. Now, if it if the new card Right, it you have to use the new card, and it it is used immediately, right? And you can't then turn around and say, "Oh, I'm going to pick a different guy." 
because you already chose to yeah, use. He's already nominated. You're using the new card. The unit ignores their action limit for this activation. Yeah. So if this happens, you know, the three limit is gone, right? If you have enough resources in action card or action deck, so if you have a, you know, the new card is a good one, like a four or a five. Yeah. You have a couple of adventure cards with some action points on them. Yeah, plus two. <laughs> and you have three, uh, fortune and maybe a renew your fortune oh, uh, card. Yeah. You can run with yeah. Jesse. I've seen that, that combo once and it's just, it's, it's scary. Deadly. <laughs> deadly. I mean, Jesse taking out like a quarter of a posse because of something like this. This disability seems too good to be true, right? I mean, that is really, really big, huge gamble, right? Kind of why it's called gamble. Because there's a negative side to this ability. If the new card is equal to or lower than the original action card, then they receive the stun condition. Yeah. And then they, they're done. They don't get to do anything. No. They literally are like, boom. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so what guys can you put with them that lets you look at your deck and reorder the cards or let you know what's coming up? Right, so the key is the reordering cards. So you want to look for your treasure hunter Yep. because it gives you an extra card, right? Then you want to look at your tactical brilliance. That's the key is making sure you never waste the gambler, right? Yeah. It's tactical brilliance allows you to look at the top three cards of the action deck or the adventure deck obviously you would want to use it on the action deck and then you make sure you set up that one if you if like if you see hey i got of the three cards i got a one and i got a four then obviously you want to put the one so jesse can draw that as his first card right yep and then he can activate gambler the next card you set it up because you get to put them in the order you want and boom, you automatically get rid of this negative, right? Yep. So yep. another useful is a shrewd strategist. Yeah. Allows you to look at the top card. That's what I was so just those reading. Those are the two you're looking for, right? You, you want to have either tactical brilliance in the group or you want to have a shrewd strategist. And shrewd strategist is not as powerful as tactical brilliance, but it allows you to look at the top card. So you can, like, test the waters, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it costs an action point, but you can look at it and be like, no, that's too high because I want to activate him. So you can kind of pitch it. That's right. So obviously, if you look and it's a one, you don't want to get rid of it. Normally, you use it as a way of burning off the crap card. You pull open it up and it's a two. You're like, that'd probably probably be the only time if as long as Jesse's ready to be activated and you draw that one and you'd be like, ooh. (laughs) Right. And then you're like, game is afoot (laughs) Uh, so you know gambler is so good and it's it's like when you play a gambler often like it's part of your regular you know force that is the true epic you know story you're telling everyone yeah if it right if you get it off and you you get at least four actions out of your your gambler you literally, you're telling everybody, right? I <laughs> was awesome. I got the camera. It worked. And man, I ran it up and I, man, I went five, six action. <laughs> you're telling everybody, right? 
Well, you know, what I like about it is it's a nice way, and I've, I know I've mentioned this before, I like these abilities that basically, even if you don't kind of take those peaks at it, and you t- you do that gamble, you take that chance, and you flip over that card, and it's that one, you know, it's a good way to mitigate those bad card draws. It's one of those abilities that's just very popular with me when I'm playing. Okay, so his last ability is Dying Breath, should this unit be destroyed, but not if otherwise removed from play. So there's some things that, you know, if you get removed from play, but you weren't actually destroyed by taking a wound. Yeah. So it would. But if you are destroyed, it can make a free combat action before being removed from the play area. This also happens before the taint roll. Yeah. Right. So it's very good. You, you take his wound and he's dying and then he could still do a double barrel blast in your face before you get yep one last shot uh one thing to remember he's usually dying not during his activation so the free revolver fan is back in play (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) oh that could be real nasty real nasty the question for you uh and this one i'm not clear on uh when you make that hex beast roll because you're tainted, are you allowed to use any of your fortune on that, or is your or are you beyond using your fortune? Have you been? Is that still in play? I, I believe it is. Because but you could, so you can last laugh and then possibly, you know, try to influence your role to come back again, and then yep. last laugh last again, laugh yep. last again. <laughs> It's dying, bro. Sorry. (laughs) He's laughing while he does it. Definitely get a last laugh if he does bounce back and be whole again. Uh, (laughs) So let me look it up. We'll edit this like here. Yeah. All right. Units with the taint trait are referred to as tainted. Should the last model in a tainted unit fail their grit check and be destroyed? Before you remove the model from play area, make a taint check. So it's D10 plus mind. You want 10 or higher. If the taint check is failed, the model is destroyed as normal. If a taint... Okay, so I'm already into the thing. It does not say anything about no using your fortune. So if you got it... Yeah. yeah. And it, yep, and it's before you, you're removed from the table. So yeah. uh, it sounds like that's still in play. Right, but the dying breath would happen before the taint. Yep. And then the taint check, you know, obviously if the taint check has failed, the model is destroyed as normal. If the taint check is passed, the model is replaced with a single model hex piece unit. The first time it is activated, hex beat counts as having made a reserve action for that turn. As a hex beat has a limit of one, it will not be able to take any further actions unless the controlling player has any adventure cards in their hand that increases the unit's limit. The Hex Beast may then act normally from the following turn. If a Hex Beast model is not available, or if the Taint model was already a Hex Beast, or has the reanimated rule, the model is removed from play. So, you're going to want the Hex Beast model. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if you ain't got one, he, he ain't tainted. But, still come back, right? So, obviously, on the next spot is, on a critical success, the model is not replaced with a hex beast and instead counts as having passed his grit check. Yep. So you still make the taint check because if you crit save, it's like you passed the grit. So it's kind of like a yeah. second chance of the grit check. Right. 
so obviously you do still make the roll. It's yeah. just if you if you succeed in the taint check, you can't be a hex beast because you don't have a model with you. Yeah. You know, roll uh, on a crit fail. The model is replaced with a hex beast as outlined above. However, the hex beast is under the control of your opponent. That would be very nasty if he's surrounded by a bunch of, you know, hands so, or other buddies. Granted, he yeah. can't activate yet, but... Right. So, there, there you have it. Jesse James, good good combo. Yeah. Uh, some of the things, I guess, we, let me pull up his theme card. Let me talk about his theme. Uh, let's see. So, he's got... Um... So the outlaw, where's his theme? So honor among thieves, theme posse. Right. So he could take his theme to hex and enlightened forces in addition to an outlaw force. If all the slots are filled with one or more units in the posse, Jesse James and all faces in the posse gain prodigious. Prodigious. Yeah, we're getting we're getting pretty good at saying that, Brian. Prodigious. Yeah. Yeah, you were nervous before you said it. Yeah, it was a little bit. I had to think about it. Am I going to screw this up or what? <laughs> All right. So the way his posse runs, obviously you bring bring Jesse. You have to make a decision. Hey, do I want to do a an outlaw theme or do I want to uh, jump into Honor Among Thieves? His first slot, if you decide to go into the Honor, is Frank James or an outlaw mercenary Hanji. A lot of mercenaries. So there's slot two, an outlaw mercenary hands, or an outlaw mercenary face. So it's an and or, so you can double up, right? Yep. The third one is an outlaw mercenary hands unit and slash or outlaw mercenary face unit. So again, same as slot two, you can double up. Slot four, outlaw mercenary hands and or outlaw mercenary face unit. Same as the above, and also can double up. The fifth slot is... An outlaw mercenary hands unit and or outlaw mercenary support unit. So there's going a little bit different, right? Instead of a face unit, you can double up with a hands unit and then bring a support unit. Yeah. And in the sixth slot, an outlaw face and, and or outlaw yep. mercenary support unit. All right. So again, that's that key, right? There's a key word missing, right? So when it's just outlaw face, you can now bring an outlaw that is not a mercenary. Right, because there's yeah. some outlaws that aren't mercenaries, and you you ain't bringing it until you get to that six slot. Yeah, it's just so it a, gives you a little more of a an, a little more leeway in that last slot to bring someone who you wouldn't normally bring. Yeah, unless like, you get that far. In the pot. Like what we were saying, Brian, when you're looking at the different uh, character cards, is to look at those keywords under their name because that'll help you decide. Okay, this guy can go. You know, he's got this, so he'll fit there. But yeah, this so this is a lot of mercenaries, and with all those slots that you could also throw in hands, and with hands going down in in cost, you could really swarm the board if you want. Right. So I mean, this is that's Honor Among Thieves is a traditional what you would think of when you're watching the uh, the Western movie, yeah. And the bad guy is recruiting a bunch of a bunch of hired hands, right? Yeah. That's why they're hands. Is he's walking out there and saying, "Hey, you know, Billy, Billy T, bring your cousins. I'm gonna give them ten dollars a head." Daryl and his yeah. other brother Daryl. Gonna go up that <laughs> Union Fort, right? <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's paying to bring as many of these 
low-level guys to come with him. Now, yeah. the key to his posse is he's bringing a bunch of what you would consider lieutenants. Yeah, his buddies. He's bringing more skilled guys with those hands, right? Yeah. He's bringing, you know, another face and a hands unit in that slot because, remember, if he fills up all the slots, those faces all get prodigious. Yeah. So they're focusing I mean, for three instead of just two. Right. So it's a way for Jesse to stack the deck in his favor by making sure he does bring some faces in his box because they're all going to benefit if we can get to that, that slot six. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is totally one of my favorite posses to play. Hey Eric, I just want to recognize you for that deep cut with, uh, this is my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. I don't know if many people are going to get that. <laughs> I figured you would get that. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of people trying to look up what who, who Billy D is. <laughs> I don't have that model. <laughs> is that a new model coming out in the new posse set? Yeah. yeah like, oh, did Brian Stewart? <laughs> Yeah, this is like I was saying. This is a fun posse. His his theme posse is really fun to run because there's so many. I mean, the outlaws are one of the biggest encompassing factions that there are. That they have so many options. I mean, even if you go into some of the sub factions, there's gonna be guys that have mercenary on them, you know. Or I'm trying to think. Are there any other factions that have outlaws in them? Like any of the the lawmen or like just recently, I mean, Billy can go. He's an outlaw that can go in lawman. Um, I can't think of any off the top yeah, of my head. There's, there's quite a few actually. So in the lawman, you have McLean. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. The the mask marshal. He's got outlaw and mercenary, so he can jump in on your outlaw. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Copley sisters. Yep. You know. Okay. Uh, one's a gunslinger. The other one's carrying a big giant rocket launcher. So. The, the both of them also play both sides. Uh, Apache Kid. Yep. Okay. He, he's a member of the Regulators. He's also a you know Warrior Nation. Yeah. So there's quite a few of them that are out there. You just got to kind of look at their their keywords and see if they have you know the mercenary trait that you can throw them in there. I mean, one of my favorite ones of of late is Nakano. I mean, she she can go in there and she's just she's nasty i mean she helps jesse with that gambler where she can take a peek you know at that top card and decide if she wants to discard it or keep it she has true strategy and i also like to bring her in my lawman posses yeah (laughs) which is yeah so she's she's a really good melee option yeah and then she has a really good list of abilities that you can bring into you know that you may not have access to, yeah. Such as, such as shrewd strategist and treasure also, hunt. She's a treasure hunter. So if you don't already have another treasure hunter, bringing her with Jesse is a good option because you're bringing a you know the ability to look at the top cards, check for gambler. Yep. If you follow up her with Jesse, you know. So yeah, it, you definitely want to take a peek across the faction lines because you may find some gems to bring into your your favorite faction. All right. Um, I think that but wraps it. That about wraps it up, guys. Uh, is there anything else maybe we want to touch on with these guys and the uh, our first smoke wagon showdown? I think we kind of covered everything. I don't know, Tom. Who, who wins? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, come on, Wyatt wins. We all know Wyatt wins. Oh, man. Oh, man. No, put your arms down. They can't see that. <laughs> Double J. God, he is the law. Oh, man. So, you know what I think we have to do since we're kind of, well, we are kind of split because you're not taking the neutral territory, Tom. No, I, I'm a Roman player, man. Man. <laughs> so I'm outnumbered. I'm outnumbered. <laughs> so you know what we got to do is we got to we got to put a poll up. I think, guys, let's put a poll up on on the Facebook page, kind of talking about the smoke wagon showdown, and have we want you guys to kind of chime in. Who do you guys think would win, Wyatt or Jesse James, based on so we'll, their abilities? We'll, we'll spike Jesse James's head up there on top of the pole. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's get you guys comment. You know, hit the poll. Who do you like after listening to the uh, this throwdown or the smoke wagon showdown? Who who wins of these two models? Obviously, a lot of us have played games with these two, and we know it it it's not just these two guys. <laughs> we've seen Jesse fall. We've seen Wyatt fall. We, you know, kind of happens to both of them. But yeah, uh, tell us what you think. You know. Who who wins the who wins the matchup? And of course, if you want, you can also comment on a suggestion for the next team up, the yeah. next showdown. Yeah, if you, you guys see. you guys got any ideas for other showdowns, go ahead and uh, let us know. Make a comment on the, in the Facebook or send us an email. That's yeah. right. We have a list, but if you guys give us a good combo that we hadn't thought of yet, then uh, who knows? It may be the next next uh, smoke wagon showdown. <laughs> What are you going to just stand there and bleed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll go ahead and get out of this segment, guys. Oh, man, I didn't. the, The next line. All right, guys, so we have another segment for you guys in today's episode, and we want to touch in on the the new rules update the 1.09 rules and originally what we were gonna do was we were gonna just go gangbusters and talk about you know there's there's quite a bit of rules in the update and we kind of thought about and figured that it's there's a lot that we could cover and we thought it'd be kind of better for you guys to take it in in small uh, amounts. And we wanted to touch on a couple of the key rule updates for 1.09 and just highlight those, those specific ones instead of going over like, you know, cause the rules update was mass and from anything from new rules, some of the, the names of the special rules change to, you know, points change. But we want to cover some of the specific special rules that we think are the important ones. So, Brian, what should we start with, do you think? Um, Okay, so, you know, depending on who you uh, you talk to, the three big ones, which is the one we're going to talk about today, are the the hands unit changed quite a bit with the introduction of masked melee and masked fire. So... I say we start there. Okay. And then, then we'll. That also changed, changed the effects that Quick and the Dead had on the game. Yeah. So we'll inadvertently talk about Quick and the Dead, but Quick and the Dead, the rule didn't change, but it 
it got a little healthy boost in some regards because of mass Neely and mass fire. So kind of like a dual uh, mention. Um, And then the elite hands units picked up something called combined fire, uh, which basically undid some of the mass fire, you know, by giving them a a different option uh, as they're grouping up their fire. Um, And then the, one of the other big things uh, was, the introduction of fatal. Yeah. So we'll talk about that as well. Okay. So let's go ahead and start with the the mass fire and, and melee that the the hands got. So I, I kind of like the way this works, Brian. I do too. Uh, it it really it was a neat when it first came up uh, during the beta. It was a neat way of you know bringing some balance back to the game because yeah. hands were very effective in in large groups if they had a good ROA. So, um, in particular, the Watchers. Oh, God. And <laughs> pulse rifles, where they had a ready to fire a three, and when you brought ten... It was nasty. And way Quick and the Dead interacted with that is you got to ignore one model. Yeah. And you're still taking a, a crap ton of shots, okay. so... You're still trying to dodge 27. Yeah, you're, try- you're rolling 27 grit checks. It's just not pretty. And so literally your face units were hard to survive that. Yeah. Right? So yeah. the uh, the way to balance that is this new rule they came up with, uh, you know, masked fire and masked melee. So, so I'll read it just to get us started, and then we will discuss it. Uh, okay. Some of the interactions of masked fire get, get a little more detail. So yeah. we'll do masked melee. It's a quicker one. So, uh, when this unit makes a strike action, choose a model to make the strike action with. Every other model in the unit with the same weapon in range of the initial target forgoes making it its own fight check and instead adds their weapon's ROA to that first model's ROA for that single strike action. So, the key word is, I think the key word there is range. They have to be close enough to right. add, especially with, especially in melee, right? Yeah. So you have a you have a, a a unit of ten. There logistically is no way your hand unit, your entire no hand unit of ten, is going to have range on that initial target. Yeah, it just logistically you can't. You know, go ahead, everyone, practice the mental uh, gymnastics of. <laughs> one base surrounded by how many bases? How many other one-inch bases can you you surround that one guy? Yeah, not very many, right? Not a not a full ten. No, no. And there's not a whole lot of hands who have a one-inch or more range on their melee weapon. They're yeah. usually all the base. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's one limiting factor for the masked melee, right? It was always there before, because not all your units are going to be striking when they're doing that anyway yeah but that's one of the things mass fire so you don't get around that with mass fire so say you have five five models surrounding a face you 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 roll from one and you add the rate of attack from four of them onto that one yeah so you only roll you know it's one attack instead of several yeah yeah so what that does in interaction with the way Quick and the Dead works is before 
you would only be able to quicken the dead the first models ROA. Yep. And then you had to then suffer the rest of those ROAs. But now those ROAs are added to the first attack. So it's not five, it's not five attacks. It's one attack and you dodge that and you dodge them all. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's for the melee, right? That's melee. Yes. Right. And, and the re it, and, and we'll, we'll discuss now that we're going to move into the mass fire. There's a reason melee ends there. Yeah. I mean, it's right. pretty so, straightforward the the way the the melee works and stuff. And the main reason it doesn't have the second part of mass fire is because it already has a limiting ability, right? Yeah. Yep. You can't you can't get your whole unit in range. Yeah. So that that range thing it happens again. So. Right. So okay. So mass fire is very much the same as mass melee, except it it's for it's for shoot action. So when this unit makes a shoot action. You must choose a single model to make the shoot action with. Unless armed with a different ranged weapon, every other model in the unit in range of the initial target does not make their own aim check and must instead add their weapons ROA to that first model's ROA for that shoot action. Okay, pretty much the same. Yep. The only thing is they, they talk about different ranges, right? So this comes into play when you have, you know, your sixth model in the unit as an upgraded weapon and it has a different range. Yeah. So that's when that would separate them. Right. So they wouldn't, that person will shoot separate. So then it'll be two shoot actions basically. So for example, I've got my union, I've got five union troopers, uh, riflemen. The sixth one has uh, a gallon, right. And they're all, they're within 15 inch range. So the ranges are the same, but because it's a different ranged weapon, that Gatlin shoots separate yep. from the, the the five rifles. So one of those five, you know, checks his range, and as long as the other other four are also in range, they add their ROA. Yep. Now here's this next step, right? Each model's ROA is still reduced to one for given hell reactions, with the exception of that first model. Okay. And then it continues. Y'all understand that, right? So. Basically, the first model, if you have a rifle with an ROA of two, he still gets those two in the give him hell, but all the other guys only get the one. Yeah. So there's the next part is each initial targets using the quick and the dead against shoot actions that are masked fire reduces the ROA from that masked fire action by the value of the quick and the dead successful quick check. So instead of dodging the entire thing, you add that roll, or you subtract that roll, whatever you rolled, and your what your yeah your bonus. quick check is. So whatever that the ultimate roll is. So say you roll a you roll a five and you have a quick of five, you get to ten, which means you succeed. Yep. So if you succeed, you then take that ten and you subtract it from the mass fire ROA. Okay. So if it's a ten unit one ROA rifle group of, you know, that's 10 ROA, right? So obviously you, you dodged all of them. All of them. Yep. But if it's say rifles with a two ROA, okay. Right, and you rolled the same and you have a 10, you subtract 10 from the 20. So you're still going to be taken. You avoided so you 10 of them. 20. Yeah. But you still now they got to do 10 grit checks. Yeah. Right. So, and that's again, one of the reasons this helps is 
before you were only ignoring one of those models with Quick and the Dead. Yeah. All the other ones hit you. Now, Quick and the Dead is a little more powerful against hands. Virtually no change against spaces, but against some hands, the Quick and the Dead is a little more powerful, thus rebalancing that. Right? Yeah. So your, your heroes have a little more help when they're fighting the mob, right? Yeah. But not that much help. Because <laughs> that part of the way compounds as you get those big groups of models. And so it still still has an impact, right? Yeah. So we mentioned the our watchers with the ROA of three. You got to roll high. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're just adding whatever you rolled. So even if you, you know, have a quickness of eight and you roll a 10, so that's 18. Yeah. That's huge. But, you know, if they're, if it's a, ten, a unit of 10, that's still 30. So, yeah, that's still a lot of shots. Yeah. So it's it's basically, like you said, it balances it out where, say, it used to be that if you wanted to really be able to deal with bosses and faces, you took big units of hands that would be throwing a lot of dice at them. And when you use Quick and the Dead, like you said, you're just avoiding one guy's shot. Whereas now it's it works differently that you have that, chance it's a chance now that you can avoid all those shots right or still take some of them right so like the weaker hands you're good you're gonna probably yeah survive that right I mean, most hands their rate of attack is like one right so the ones that get more or say you have your close combat hands and they go all revolver fan on your butt <laughs> <laughs> you're you know the quick and the dead is, is going to be effective yeah all right so the other one very similar to mass fire and mass melee is combined fire. So combined fire is only really going to show up in the, um, the more powerful hands, right? So these are like your second wave hands, you know, think back to first edition. So your Rangers, um, your, you know, your scalpers, your, you know, your abominations, those guys, they pick up this rule. It just gives them a little more. Boom. So we'll start with reading it. This unit may choose to use this rule instead of mass fire. When this unit makes a shoot action, each model may choose to forego making its own aim check and instead add plus one to another model in the unit's aim attribute or pierce one to another model in the unit's piercing value for that single shoot action. So you get the little play with the, the effectiveness of the weapon, right? So it's basically saying, hey, me shooting out on my own, I'm going to decide to focus on making sure we're hitting the target. So we're combining our aim. So you add plus one to aim. Okay. Or I'm going to, my my focus is instead of getting my shot independently, I'm going to try to shoot and support the guy shooting to make sure we penetrate the arm, right? So the piercing. So it, it kind of like a very, you know, they're better at helping each other shoot instead of just massing all their, it's instead of prey and spray. Yeah. <laughs> these guys can do something with their, their assistance instead of just throwing more dice down the range. So kind of a neat thing for the elite guys, you know. Well, they're a little more skilled, so it's kind of very thematic with them. Right. All right. So then the last one we'll talk about today, oh. uh, it, it actually affects other things but it one of the big impacts in 1.09 brian should we mention the whole combined fire cannot be combined with mass fire right so yeah 
the thing the thing about mass and combined, you have to choose one or the other. They don't they don't stack. So say you have a, a group of ten rangers, uh, and you, your your one guy is going to mass fire. Well, you decide how many are going to mass fire with them. because mm-hmm. you have the option of combined fire. You can then select another model to also shoot. Right. Yeah. So say I've got ten. One guy is going to mass fire, so I can put as many of the others in there, but I'm going to pick one to combine fire. So then I've got two shoot actions that I'm I'm tinkering with, right? Yeah. So let's say we put four of them into mass fire. So that one attack is going to have four models worth of ROA on top. So ROA of one is going to be a five ROA. Okay. But then I have this other guy, my say six model is going to shoot it intact. Well, then I've, I've got those other four and they're going to combine fire. So they're, they're going to add a plus one to uh, plus two to aim and plus uh, minus two to pierce. So that rounds out the rest of those units. Okay. Right. But you can't, you can't affect the mass fire. Yeah. It's one or the other. Right. So once you started the, these guys mass firing, you can't turn that mass fire into a better aim or a better pierce which can with the combined fire guy. So you just got to separate those up. Okay. Uh, so let's go on to the next one we were going to discuss. So uh, one more. And we're going to go with probably, I, I like, I think a lot of people really enjoy this new twist to Pierce 4, right? Yeah. So in the previous edition, Pierce 4 did a lot of uh, defensive, you know, corruption, right? Yeah, basically it went through everything. Tough didn't work. There was other like defensive abilities that like Cocorolis had that you know their defensive abilities didn't work if it was a Pierce four or higher. So the, all those things are gone, right? So Pierce four weapons are just like Pierce three weapons. Now. Yeah, it's, it just has one more uh, penetration. I mean, there's right? it's they're still strong. I mean, it's a minus four. Oh. You know, it's still deadly. Right, and and, it, and you know. And to offset that, they created a new weapon quality, and it's called Fatal. And what Fatal says is, hits with this quality ignore the metal rule. And usually you'll see the Fatal keyword on uh, criticals. So if you guys roll a critical, then that action of shooting or striking becomes Fatal. When we were talking about in our, you know, our smoke wagon showdown between the two bosses. One of the things we mentioned was that White Earp's Pierce Four Magnum Peacemakers picked up Fatal as its crit bonus, right? Yeah. So his Pierce Four has Fatal. What'll happen is if you crit, you, you, they can't use metal to to ignore that shot, right? Yeah. But note, it doesn't have anything to do with tough. So what they've done is they've made more of a separation between metal and tough, right? Yeah. So four tough and metal were kind of like the same, but tough had the ability to uh, re-roll grit checks. Now they're kind of tiered. So metal is like your first layer of defense, right? Yeah. Well, if you're say you're a little more tougher than the average boss or the average face, right? So say you're, you've got like a heavy armor and you're just a more stout guy. That's who picks up tough. Well, now there's, a, you're right. Fatal doesn't affect tough. Yeah, yeah. You are 
tougher, so to speak, right? <laughs> you could shake it off. But tough lost its reroll, and they created a new ability called Hardy. Oh, yep, that's right. Which gives you the ability to reroll failed grit checks. Yeah. So they separated that into a different rule because you can have some people who are tough, but now not everyone with the old tough is going to also have Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Then they further made another tier of defense. Which so I, I like that. Separation. I think that's that's cool that that layering right. effect because it helps separate. You know, it gives more uh, personality right. to the, the different units of how right. how are they on the field. You know, is it just uh, a, just kind of the the bottom tier guy that oh he's got metal so he's he's okay. You know, he can kind of get by. But then as you get to the more beefier and scarier skilled type guys well then they're gonna get that that tough and then like you said the hardy so i i and like they, that i do too and then also you can get some guys who are hardy but they're not necessarily tough yeah so you now you will be able to have some of your guys might have metal and they picked up hardy so they're you know again there's a way of scaling up your defensive abilities amongst your peers so yeah so that's like like you know you have it's a way to separate. Yeah, it's totally a way to separate the characters. So because he he's got Hardy, you yeah. know, he's a little survivable. Or I'm going to take so and so because he he's got he's got tough, he's got durable, he's he can stack up his defensive abilities, you know. So well, uh, and it, it's gonna what it's gonna do too is it's like you you kind of touched on. It's going to give you that variety for when you're posse building, and it, there's going to be more levels of characters. What am I looking at this character? Why would I pick this character? Not just not just like what his weapon is and how much he costs, but you're going to look at his defensive abilities and how long, you know, how much better is he at surviving on on the field? So, I, I think that's a neat leveling system that they came up with. Well, all right, that's kind of basically all we wanted. to touch on for the new 1.09 rules we, we we just want to keep it kind of a quick and just touch on those some of those key important elements in the new rules update and just make you guys aware of some of these important rule changes and this is something that we're talking about that maybe in a string of episodes we'll have a quick chat like this where we just say hey let's talk about you know i mean we we ended up making a big list of ones that we wanted to talk about and maybe we'll try and group them into where they're kind of somewhat related. Um, like it could be check the bounty or compel, you know, something, how those have changed and just keep it a short little discussion. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to bring them up over the next few episodes until we catch them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. if there's some that you guys want to hear sooner than later, uh, just so you guys can hear us discuss, you know, oh, yeah. the options of brain, hit us up on the comments and, yeah. you know, we may move it up our list. By all means, we like yakking about this stuff. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll go ahead and get out of this segment, you guys, and we'll move on. Okay. Start. It's going. It's going now. It's going now, right? One, two, three, testing. <laughs> so, hey, hey Eric, uh, what do you? What do we see today? We we uh, got the last spoiler today. 
So why don't we go over the the new pre-orders that should should have hit the store by the time you hear this uh, this recording? Y'all. Yeah, yeah. So pre-orders came up. So we actually saw uh, it looked like it we're going to be getting just three for uh, next month for September, Brian. And we saw the guy that is the law, who I am officially nicknaming this guy Tom's model. Because <laughs> he's kind of holding up the little the sheet saying this is how you say it, this is the law. But we're seeing Judge Stern and the the little the pick that we saw today, just today of his whole set looks like he's coming with a a lot of other models. Right. So his posse, you know, if everyone you know go ahead and go look it up, his posse is designed around bringing angry mobs yeah it's like multiple so, just yeah he can bring quite a few angry mobs and all the angry mobs actually pick up the deputy trait you know in his posse okay so they're considered deputies and you know the, the 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 kicker of it is we only have the three original civilians right yeah and then we have three new civilians and they released one set of three angry mobsters well, that three angry mobsters is, you know, you're not going to buy a whole crud load of the same three models. Yeah. So what they do in his new box is it's 10 models in total in, in this posse box. Looks like we're getting five new ones, Brian. Yeah. So we get, it's nine angry mob models. <laughs> That's nuts. And then Judge Stern. <laughs> and it's a new Judge Stern. So yeah. the, he, he's, he's gotten retooled. I'm actually, post. I'm excited uh, about this because my Judge Stern, I think he got a couple colors on him and his his hammer broke. I mean, uh, that, yeah. that that old hammer was so big and the way he was holding it up above that it, right. just, it was easily snapped. Right. So uh, I haven't lost my hammer. I think it may have broke while I was building him okay. like it just snapped at the glue point and so i just had to re-glue it yeah uh, but he he's got a new pose instead of swinging the hammer like his original pose he's yeah he's holding up basically a warrant yeah that's kind of cool uh, that's a warrant a, a judge's order to apprehend someone and he's holding it up uh, i think someone uh during the teaser because the teaser was this sheet of paper being held up so that was the tease right so yeah <laughs> we had to figure out who, what that was by this piece of paper and someone goes is that a purity seal uh <laughs> so, uh, i was like uh that plays 40k um <laughs> but uh but it's a really neat model you know i'm i'm excited about that then then of course like like i said there's there is a bunch of angry mobsters. So yeah, you can one, really outfit one guy that's got the big dog. That looks like was it Winfred Brimley guy from you know the Quaker Oats guy, and he's holding a dog. That dog's right. huge. <laughs> right, it's a dude. He's got these huge handlebar mustache, but he's got basically one of the direwolves from the Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> And he thinks it's funny. He's got this big grin on his face. Yeah, he does. He's... So that's one of the new uh, mobsters. Then there's a fat gal in 
overalls. What is that on her shoulder? And she looks to have like a a raccoon. <laughs> uh, someone said it's a raccoon, but who knows what it is? It's a little blurry. It's a little so, critter I mean, of some kind. She's got a, basically her her pet on her shoulder. Oh man! You know, I, I mean, it's hilarious. I love it. And then there's a guy with a with some moonshine and a pistol, and he's also wearing overalls, but he's real skinny. So they're probably hooked up, these two, yeah. coming off the farm. Well, uh, like then gr- there's an old granny. Yeah, granny with can't a clamp it. That's granny clamp it. That shotgun. Then there's a there's a, like a, a pretty gal screaming in a dress. I'm not really sure what she's swinging. I think that might be her arm. Well, I hope not. Yeah, maybe it is. Like, she... She's pulled her cybernetic arm off. And yeah, she's just that's kind of what that looks like. She doesn't look like she's dead, so she's she's an actual civilian. But that might be it. It might be a her, she's pulled her arm off to swing it around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the newlyweds, and there's this guy like carrying his wife across the threshold, and she's got a pulled off double barrel. Oh, that's hand. funny. I like the I like the pistol. So and then uh, and of course then you have the three previous angry mobsters we saw the big guy you know making the kill mark. Yeah, your kill, time your time is up. And he's got a noose in his hand. And then there's the two little brats, one with a slingshot, one with the oar, and they come on the same base. And then there's the guy with the torch. You know, he's got a flaming torch and it looks like he's lighting his cigar. So you get all of those with Judge Stern. Yeah, that's cool. So definitely a thumbs up for really kicking it up a notch and bringing us, you know, a whole bunch of new variety for pulling off Angry Mobs yeah. in the game. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, I, I saw that. I, I was already excited knowing we're going to see what Judge Stern's bringing. Yeah. But now we know he's bringing literally, what, six new models? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Seven new models. You know, and I never got that original Angry Mob set, so th- this one I don't is... have any of them. Yeah. And so this will be kind of cool. I'll pick that up and I'll get Damn. I'll get quite a collection of them. So that was that was teaser one, right? Yeah. And so the second teaser was this weird clawy picture. And, you know, of course the scuttlebutt started immediately trying to figure out what that was. <laughs> that um, community's I, pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. And it was like what? And I remember I remember the claw. Right? That's so quite a and while ago. Up on the claw, there's this like little whirlpool in the claw. Yeah. So it kind of made me think of the spirit apparition. So then I started looking at artwork and they had showed off this this picture of one of the new spirits. I think it's on the card art yeah. for Spirit Missions now. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, yeah, that's got to be it, right? So, But it's a two-model box, and they didn't go and grab one of the previous no, apparitions. these are completely open. new. Two new sculpts, and, of course, so you have the one who looks straight out of, like, uh, Poltergeist. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a smoke swirl, but then he's hunched over, and then he's got these long outstretched arms with claws. It looks really cool. But then the other one is like completely different. And it looks like three or four spirits all, you know, peeling off of each other. Yeah, that one's kind of creepy looking. And then the one, the main one has boob swirls. 
<laughs> you know, it's an evil chick spirit apparition. Yeah, I mean, she's got clawed hands and stuff, and yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, a creepy one. Then no bottom jaw, right? Yeah. Yeah, she kind of has that corpse. Well, that one really has kind of that corpse-looking, you know. Well, you know, here, here, here's really what this is, right? So the female spirit has no jaw, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of tells its own story, right? So something happened for these three spirits to yeah. all as an apparition. And I'm thinking the two other dudes were like suitors. Hmm. That's and interesting. They, and they got tired of her nagging them. Okay? <laughs> so she, they took her job, right? And so now they follow her around, you know, in memorial as spirits, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not right, really. Right. You're, you're stretching, man. But no, I I think that's cool. But it's you, weird. It's, yeah. I mean, there's like you can make up whatever not, story you want with these. That's what's cool, right? And then, of course, the original spirit apparitions had multiple faces, like yeah. swirling around asses yeah. and stuff. So it, it, it this one is a lot like the originals, where you have multiple faces, you know, inhabiting the same swirling mass. Mm-hmm. Where's the other? You get girl off yeah. of this one. The other ones just looks like kind of a, you know, your beast, basically. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, an anemic version of what's surrounding Raven Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right? Not as bulky, but definitely still going to be able to reach out and, and claw something. Yeah. All right. So okay. that's, yeah. that'll be for the Warrior Nation. And then what else? We, we got so, another so basically one. Basically, one posse box. Then we got the Build a Force box, mm-hmm. right? Where it's it's a it's a two two box two model box and it's designed for you to have multiples of it so you can flesh out you know it's like a support uh, box either, basically either your hex because they can use spirit apparitions yeah oh that's uh, right order they can use spirit apparitions and warrior nation so really it's a box for three different factions okay and it you're gonna want to pick up more than two yeah because you can field them in you know as many as you want so. Uh, so it's kind of got the posse box. We got the the build an army box, and then the third teaser actually came out this morning, shortly before a game store posted the pictures. <laughs> the new, yeah, that was like, Work Gradle didn't put it out, so it was like they must have got these from like the early order form that yeah. the retailers get. Yeah. So it's kind of neat. We got that a little early sneak because, uh, you know, one of the retailers was like, whoa, and he couldn't wait to post it. (laughs) (laughs) So great for us. Okay, so the the teaser that came out today was weird. It was like this weird monster hand, like almost copping a feel on a couple of pair of legs, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've seen this before, like an early production model at one of the shows. I, I want to say it was pax or you know a while ago yeah sometime last year and of course they they printed out the little little wooden plaque and get tell us their her name yeah so we've seen it we've seen her for a while and it's it's a legendary so it's a legendary duo it's lucretia and oh i'm gonna butcher this last one tituba that's that's how i would say it brian tituba So Lucretia and Tutuba don't know which one's which, although I'm sure we'll find out. 
but it's basically an uncorrupted female being carried by a hex beast female. Hmm. And she's very big. So think of the size wise of like that last, uh, like Borquette. Yeah. That's what uh, it looks about size. Loaded, loaded body, super huge arms, the boils everywhere. Um, uh, you know, big face, huge mouth, and then a very pretty yeah. gal literally being carried. So it's really neat, and it tells a story. Really, this model tells a story, and can't wait to, to find out about her. Because, you know, when they post these in the store, they put this, like, yeah. you know, little What's the, fluff. The fluff. Too. I'm curious of the, the fluff behind this one. You know, so it's, it's like this. these sisters and... One of the sisters ate the apple. I don't know. She's yeah, that's what. Yeah. The, so the the little the little hotty toddy up on the shoulder kind of reminds me of Snow White. I don't know if it's what? the the little bit of the outfit or she's got a bow or something in her hair, but that's what it reminds me of is Snow White. And and of course she's holding something in her hand, and it look it reminds me of like an apple. Yeah, it does. Holding <laughs> an apple in her hand. I might have to go through through some of my old pictures from the different conventions to see if I took a picture of this model. Right. I think you did. I'm pretty sure you did. And someone posted a picture of it today. So everyone knew what the name was. Yeah. Because he remembered that too. It wasn't, it wasn't painted. And the, the actual, that was a, a scan, like a, a 3d print. Yeah. So it was, it, it's not a production model that we got to see. We got to see the, th- the original 3d print kind of like um so they did that with some of the other ones like i remember they did that with legendary jed in 2020 it was an early print thing with the uh cocaroli we were seeing those e-prints at the conventions before they actually got run off the uh, the production line that's right so you know we we get i mean i think that's another really good month i mean we we've been getting really good stuff out of the war cradle the last three months yeah with you outlaw posses you know the cowboys and we get the regulators oh, I, oh my god the yeah the cowboys and the regulators they those look really fun with all those mercenaries and you know yeah. with the new rules the way that the mercenaries i think i think they got better with i think so. i think 1.09 got uh you, you got you see a little more separation yeah because there was a lot of them that were so similar it would didn't really matter which one you brought yeah yeah now they each have a little bit of a twist to where they have a little separation from them um yep. and then of course the cowboy box everyone got a new skull yeah that's a nice box i mean to a, to a model something was altered the pose you know upgrades of styling I mean, Chef was one of my favorite outlaw models, and the new one is is actually even more entertaining because now he's picked his teeth with a knife. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they didn't. It's it's like those little tiny changes that they did that just really bring out a personality in them. And then Bill Brocious, he's got a new pose. Yeah, he's, he's out with both hands with this with his uh, his pistols, and then. Uh, Oh, and hockey bot. Yeah, he's right. He's got the running pose. It looks like he's in 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 action mode. <laughs> he's even got a flame coming out of his little metal arm. So it, I mean, his, his he looks really good. 
And, you know, I hate to admit this, but I rewatched Tombstone the other day. <laughs> it's probably because it's probably because you heard me playing that little sound bite so much for our one segment for this episode. You know, because we, we were doing a smoke wagon, and I, I, I did. I just like I was flipping the channels the other day over the weekend, and the you know it had started like thirty minutes before, and I was like, Nah, I want to watch the whole thing. So I looked on the you know the thing and it's like sure enough it was gonna let me start it from the start so oh, i was like man yep gonna watch it <laughs> so that that cowboys like, like so many other names that i would i'd love like oh. Kirk, uh Kirk creek johnson and yeah they could you know they got a lot Batman. more in there and there's some there's other names in in that that time period that would be cool to see i come i forward i think we we could see them i mean you know why not? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so that Cowboys Posse, that's the one that's shipping, should be shipping like this week. This week? Yeah. What else is shipping week? this week with that, with like the, this last month that we had? Oh, so um, we had our, we, our big Portal nasty Vanguard guy, right? We had the Portal Vanguard come out. Portal Vanguard. Okay. But remember the Portal Vanguard came with the clear portals right oh it came out already yeah that's right okay so we're... so this month shipping now will be the ability for you to order just the clear plastic portals that's right so it's it's the army builder for the month for okay. last month right so it's a way of all the different you know factions that have portals now you'll be able to order these clear portal swirls so you can you know have the, enough of them on a, on a board to have your guys jumping around. Yeah. So that that was, I guess, the build army option that we got, and then the uh, we got legendary Vorkek coming too. So he was our big old uh, right big guy. So uh, did not we get a piece of terrain? Yeah. Yeah. Bayou Nasambu Bayou Rotten Jetty. So the previous terrain set was you know a a Bayou Shack, right? Yeah, and so this is the second bayou terrain. Or in the water, this one is a basically a rundown, abandoned, you know, bayou shack, and it has a lot of junk to, you know, for scatter terrain, mm-hmm. uh, including a half submerged canoe and half submerged boxes and barrels. That's, and that's neat. That's really neat that they did uh, that little yeah. detail thing like that. And one of the neat things is if you look close into the photos. You can see some of the pieces of the roof. They actually put little ravens. That's right. When we we were talking about this, and when it first came up for pre-order, they had ravens, and and I'm still worried that I'm going to bust those off <laughs> trying to pop it that out. You know, yeah. then you can just bloom wherever you want them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> or you know, Halloween is coming up. I can probably go find. Uh, what they have the little Halloween villages. I can probably find those little like resin ravens at Michael's, you know, because right. I'm already planning on making a trip there to find some coffins and what kind of spooky trees I can find. Yep. But yeah, those so those ones are all the ones that should be shipping this week. Oh, so we just finished up Gen Con, Brian. They actually are not slowing down. War Cradle is heading 
to Tabletop Gaming Live in end of September, September 28th to 29th in London. And I think, so I believe they were there last year at this, and they actually ran a tournament there. Mr. Pond ran a tournament I remember seeing pictures of. I think it's a little bit smaller. It's not quite as big as their UK Games Expo or uh, what's the other big one that they have over there they do? Spiel, I think, is one that they've uh, gone yeah. to. Um, I don't think it's quite as big as that. It's more. I think it's more of the size of like an Adepticon for us. Spiel is coming up, and that's uh, in Germany. I is believe. that the German one? Okay. And that's coming up. I think we have some war hosts, the European war hosts, I think, are going to be out there helping out. I haven't heard any events specifically, but they'll be out there with the big booth and some demos. So Yeah, I think the rest of their little con, con dates are over either in England or in Europe. Uh, I think they're coming to PAX, South, or PAX Unplugged again. Oh, how would or I forget Philly. about that? Yeah, that's right. They're coming First to Philly. December, that's right. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Up there where, you know, in Mike Pierce's uh, domain. Yeah, I, I made that big trek last year. We drove 12 hours to go to that. That's definitely yeah. a growing con, too. Yeah, and I think Tom was saying that the, the way that that con is run may throw a wrench into actually doing formal events over there. Yeah, I know. Him. Hopefully they get that solved and they can get an actual tournament up there. Yeah, I know between him and, and Mike, they've been really looking into it. And there is there is a growing community over there in that area, too. So it'd be a shame that if they couldn't get something going. Shoot, I'd say just go to one of the hotels and put it on. <laughs> See if they have a ballroom. Say, hey, can we use your ballroom you know, you this day? That, but you know? I know I, I've heard that's how some, some events pop up over at Adepticon. Well, yeah. You know, I knew a guy who he, he does terrain and he actually hosted a big event but it was not a adepticon event but it was the same weekend you know it was okay. like yeah come over and do this event with me and so it was kind of a neat just you know, off to the side type of thing. we're going to be doing something so come over here kind of thing i just found that picture it was at gen con last year what's that the, appreciate yeah when they first Pitman? featured it and it does look like a 3d printed model kind of that weird texture to it all right hey brian so before we get out of here today for this episode we actually had some other show business that we wanted to do that we announced it was last episode where we were having a giveaway for our our listeners just to sum it up real quick so what we were going to do is for all you guys that liked subscribed and followed our facebook page our podbean stream and then our our youtube channel and what we ended up doing was compiling all the names that we could see because some some of the you guys that follow like and all that stuff have it on privacy settings which is fine and some of you guys did go ahead and email me and say hey put me in that you know that list and what we were going to do is draw a name and we're giving away a red oak two-player starter set for you guys real simple rules so we get we compiled this big old list and we went ahead and piled them all in the old 10 gallon hat and drew a name so let me uh pick that name up and you ready drum roll brian do we got a drum roll (laughs) 
So the winner of our Red Oak starter is Chris Hodge from our Facebook page. He liked the page, and out of, let's see, we had a total of about 300, just over 300 people through that big old list, Brian, and he was the name that got drawn. So congratulations, Chris. We're going to go ahead and get a hold of you, get your address, and we can get that sent out to you. But wait, Brian. Wait. There's more. There's more. <laughs> what? What is Eric's more? feeling very? Uh, Eric's feeling generous. <laughs> I want to give away a second prize, a second red oak starter set. So let me dive into that that ten gallon hat again. I don't know. Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, I, we're gonna do the second one. I, I I feel like one of those crazy car dealers that we're just they, they gotta go. We're we're making deals. They gotta go go go. So our second one, second Red Oak starter set, is going to go to James Russell DeMello. I hope I'm saying your name right, James. <laughs> so, so there you go. Congratulations, James. You I don't got... know if he's winning. He may not tell yeah, that's you true. you said it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably going to be like, you can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Like, we just gave him with Jesse James and Wyatt Earp and a couple of vehicles. He, he may just like. No, no, that's how I'll go. That's how I'm going to pronounce it from now on, you know. <laughs> so, cool cool drawing for the second one. Uh, James is, I rem- remember seeing him pop up on Facebook just recently. He's a, a newer guy that's getting into the game. Uh, I hope this can get you started into the rabbit hole that is Wild West Exodus. And uh, big thanks to Tim from the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, one of my local stores, for the donation of the Red Oak starter set for our giveaway this episode. Yeah, thanks you guys for liking, sharing, and subscribing to all our little social things. Having receiving these two gifts on the, I guess, twilight of an episode where we dive deep in both of the bosses that come in that set. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> it was fate it's fate it was, it's like we planned it <laughs> so congratulations no, right. to hey guys, both our winners it. enjoy the the gift uh and you know obviously if you have any questions about what you can do with those just drop us comments once you get those goodies and uh yeah you know, take, stay tuned for more yeah i want to see some i want to see some pics on the facebook page uh of your guys you know, your models all together and stuff. And I think that'd be cool. So, Oh no, I'm sure everyone gets excited when the, when these things kind of show up, yeah. you know, I still remember during the Kickstarter, everyone's posting up pictures of their box on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, you know, the, the handful who already have boxes were like, yay, way to go. All of us that didn't have them were like, Oh, yay. <laughs> Wait, So, yeah, we'll get a hold of our two winners, and I'll get some addresses and send them out. And you guys, thanks for liking, you know, the the show and what we're doing here and, you know, liking and following. And keep listening because me and Brian and Tom, we talk about all the time. We want to keep doing stuff like this because we feel it kind of energizes the community in, in, you know, helping each other and just, you know, getting excited about the game to play games and war cradles doing some exciting stuff right now. Oh yeah. And, and, and just remember like the more, the more you, you listen, watch, 
talk, you know, type about Wild West Exodus, the the more things you're going to pick up. And and then, you know, Tom, Eric and I, we we pick up new things and, you know, new ways of play and oh yeah, new ways to use models, you know, just by doing what we're doing. So, you know, by all means, give us a heads up. Is there something that you got a question about or heck, send us a funny story about a game. Uh, I remember Tom nicknamed his hands, you know, during gameplay. <laughs> yeah. like he had a hand that could not climb. It could not make any climb checks, you know. And it was like every I mean, literally, he spent the whole game trying to have this one guy climb to the second <laughs> second floor of the building. And, it, 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 he and then, it, of course, the one guy who, who saves every time he's shot you know, nickname him. I think someone on Facebook said that they're they're putting they're actually painting the names of their hands on their bases. Yep. You know, just so they have their own identities. Uh, tell us those type of stories. We we'll, we'd love to brag about your uh, your idea during an episode or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's the that's the fun thing about the game is creating those stories. So yeah, or brag or bragging rights. <laughs> well, all right, guys. So. You can, as always, find us on Facebook at Black Hoof WWX Podcast. Email us at BlackHoofSaloon at gmail.com. Email us with your stories and your ideas for future Smoke Wagon Showdowns or any questions you may have. We're also on Twitter and Instagram if you guys want to see some pics of what the three of us are up to. I mean, Brian and Tom are actually working on some projects to get up on the old YouTube, and uh, it could be some exciting stuff for you guys to check out. And we'll go ahead and end episode 15 and get ready for the next one, Brian. So when you guys are caught in the street in a showdown with either that vile Jesse James or maybe that law dog Wyatt Earp, remember to skin that smoke wagon and don't stand there and just bleed. And always ride with the sun at your back. And always roll those big crits. We will talk to you later, guys. Good night. Say good night, Brian. Give him a yeehaw. <laughs> good night, Brian. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interwebs and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Music for the podcast was provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit... Ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. tumbleweeds. All right, I'll start.
<laughs> you watch a battle hammer? <laughs> I, I hear dogs barking. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering who was barking. I'm like, <laughs> like my wife's going. Blessing at my daughter's large <laughs> dog. Uh, it was good. There was there was some some slapstick in there. Well, sure, it's me. It's me painting. Of course, there's slapstick in there. <laughs> I should, you know what? When we do first post that stuff, I I, I need to find an, uh, a GIF or a, an old picture of uh, from the Three Stooges when they were trying to break out of prison and they painted their their prison suits <laughs> like guard suits. <laughs> we'll just post that. That's it. Be like done. <laughs> I love Dip that. Dip them and done. That episode was so good. Oh, oh, I didn't. We didn't. Uh, didn't didn't bring up Brian. Brian, my painting challenge. Oh, <laughs> my, my, go ahead my, and my uh, make Tom do the challenge. I'll, I'll put it in there. <laughs> I can easily put it in there. Just start off by saying, "Oh, hey, yeah, and this, you know, oh yeah, and this." <laughs> Okay. Who wants to take us in? Take us in. Yeah, take us into the segment. Uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how this guy's head goes on. <laughs> how the frick does this fit together? It doesn't even make sense. All right, everybody, welcome back. To a new segment uh, that we're starting out, uh, we're going to call this segment the the smoke that wagon. Uh, <laughs> not, that's not it. Smoke that wagon. Take two. <laughs> that's that's a different place. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, that's Tom's bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and get out of this segment, guys. Oh man, I didn't. T- t- the the next line in that scene is when they, they find Doc, and of course the guy comes back with the shotgun and he's ready to <laughs> you know, prove himself against this unknown guy. Just threw him out of the the uh, the bar, and of course he's he's like, "Hey, Doc," and he's like, oh. and he kind of ignores him right in front of all this they know he's all raged and wanting to fight and then they literally just ignore him and then uh doc holly looks at him and goes oh you'll still buy him now. i was just like oh my god just the way that you know <laughs> i mean it's totally emasculating it was just you know and he just go. does it. That's what cracks me up. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he's like, okay. And then why? It's like, and uh, you can just leave that gun leaning up against the post. <laughs> of course, in the meantime, he had heard Doc call him Wyatt. And so he's like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was the moment where he like shit himself because he just realized he was, he was trying to be all. Ending my life. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be all huffy with Wyatt. 